1: hey what's up my name is nick russo hey i'm aaron austin and welcome back to our seventh podcast on radio.com of country not country today we're going to talk about some of the findings at Tin man jam kind of a Tin man jam recap
0: yeah a little the the finer moments and most memorable moments
1: gonna play some interview clips from ryan hurd lee bryce ashley mcbride and kane brown and then we're going to talk about the peloton commercial did i get that right
0: oh yeah you got it right. Yeah, the one that's been so controversial.
1: Yeah, the lady finally spoke out today. The lady from the commercial. So we'll play her her reply on the Today Show from this morning. All right, this is our third time <laughs> starting over this thing because I think <laughs> I think now we have the mics all recording. Aaron,
0: I'm here. Am I here?
1: Yeah, you're here. Okay. All right, you're all right. good. Now this is our. <laughs> we've said this like three times. This is our seventh episode uh yeah, on radio.com thank you everybody who's been listening um apparently people have listened though
0: oh they have
1: yeah i, I heard the numbers were like 350 listens or downloads i don't, I don't really know how they break down the stuff because i don't have access to it but
0: 300 listens in hmm. a month that's okay, a lot okay you know what i'll take it i appreciate it i will say i do know one girl that listened to our podcast because she listened to the one uh where we were talking about our uh, rodeo predictions so oh
1: really yeah So i didn't get any like first hand feedback on that one yeah but i saw a lot of people were reacting to it you never know like when you post it on facebook if anybody's actually
0: clicking on the link yeah if
1: they're just throwing out their comment on what they think well, is gonna happen yeah.
0: no that's true because i posted an article the other day and i just saw the headline and i was like oh my god if you want a good laugh today and it was terrible it was about the pigeons having cowboy hats in vegas oh i did see that and it looks hilarious but then when you read the article, you realize it's like animal abuse because somebody's like gluing on the hat. Oh, so my I'm gosh. like, if you want a good laugh today, then I'm like, oh my God, here's the Aaron, like this big animal person. And I'm like oh, making fun man. of it. I'm like, oh, I am now that ass. I did that. I am that person that does that. Oh,
1: oh you know, that's, that's awful because I thought that was actually kind of funny and cute. You know, like yeah. I, I imagine it, but I was really wondering how they would get the pigeon to sit still so they could tie the rope around its, you know,
0: yeah, or like the,
1: the bonnet you know, or whatever like how they get it on oh the head my gosh yeah
0: I mean, what about
1: the video of the owl that was caught in the barbed wire fence did you see that one uh I in
0: feel, colorado i feel like i've seen that before yeah
1: he's like his wing is caught in the barbed wire and yeah. he's like his head turns that f- almost full 360 looking at the park ranger yeah it's so creepy looking oh so yeah
0: it's crazy
1: all right so uh in our rodeo prediction podcast somebody that you brought up we brought up a ten man jam oh, on yes. Monday night, so
0: yeah. So we, when we gave out our predictions, I, we mentioned Marin Morris, and I was like, "There's no way she's gonna be at rodeo waddling on stage, you know, because she's about ready to pop about that time." Apparently,
1: yeah, because Ryan Hurd was a ten man jam Monday night, and and I and I didn't set out talking to him to get any sort of like undercover information about it, but I he was talking about how he feels like an honorary Texan because you know, he and Mary have been together so long. Yeah. And I asked him if he'd ever been to Rodeo Houston. And so I'll play let's play his re- reaction because I feel like he kind of gives it away. So let's see what he says.
0: I know it's such a big deal down here. I mean, you hear so many stories about like George Strait and uh, all these other people who like that was their moment was like the rodeo. And it's like, it's 80, like a pinnacle, 80,000 people or something like that, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. So you're like well, uh, it's it's a bit of a foreign thing, but but uh, it's been fun to learn about it, and I know Marin's obviously excited about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean we uh
1: see at the end that little hesitation mm-hmm. sounded like he was. He
0: was like, "Oh man, I let the cat out of the bag. You and your big mouth."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and it was such a natural flow of conversation that he didn't even realize he was doing it. Until it was over or, or with, though. Yeah. And, and then from right there on, I think the you know the, the pace just kind of changed. We went, talked about something else. I wasn't going to try to drag it out of him. But you did say Marin Morris could be there.
0: Yeah, I did. And then I was like, oh, no. Nah. There's no way she'll be there. I'm waddling on stage. Because I figured they would have, if they had Casey last year, Marin has had a great year they would try to get you know her because she's had some serious momentum going
1: absolutely and the other part was uh i, I i'm kind of convinced that the luke combs dream is scratched and the post malone dream. you know
0: what i'm not going to give up on my dreams
1: yeah don't right. give up <laughs> on it Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> i'm we, not giving up we believe that there would be a, a they would do double they would double dip luke would still play rodeo and his toyota center show as would post malone but i don't know if they're going to do that because minds have said they don't like to oversaturate the artist and which is
0: true i, I mean i can th- see that but it's like my thought is strike while the iron is hot my friends
1: yeah and rodeo to me isn't your quintessential show it's not saturation like it's you know the I mean, artist it's a is
0: taste it's a snippet yeah, and that's what's so crazy i mean everybody loves going to rodeo which is you know it is awesome and it's a great cause and helps out so many kids with education But as far as the if you're going there strictly for one artist and going to see a concert, it's so much different of an experience than, you know, going to see their show when they do their full production. Yeah, you're so far away
1: from them. You can't really feel the energy. And then the artist, they try really hard not to, like, let that affect them. But, you know, it does because it's they've got to feel like they're practicing almost because the the people aren't even right there. You know, like people are. 50, 100 feet away.
0: Yeah, the, and and not only that, but it's a much shorter show. It's only 60 minutes, so
1: yeah. that. And the acoustics are tough, mm-hmm. so, like, sure, you hear it and you love it, but it's like, man, like, it's just not It's not the best environment for a concert. Right. But anyway, so now 10-Man uh, Jam, though— w- what were your takeaways? What'd you think? Biggest show of the year, obviously.
0: I've, you know, for us, we work on it. I think on stage, I said, it's like having a baby. Cause I mean, we talk about it. We do all these events surrounding it. You're like, what are you laughing? You're I'm chuckling like, over yeah, there. Yeah.
1: Because I remember you were talking about it being like a baby on stage. And I'm like a baby. Like. Yeah.
0: Cause you looked at me. I can sense that. Cause I was like, we work. So like the, today is like having a baby. And you looked at me like I was high. And I was like, no, because you know, it's like all, of this goes into so much goes into the preparation to that one day and then it's like boom it's here you know it's like you had a baby that day yeah i feel it or you know you get married or whatever it is but yeah
1: it's like the big day it really is yeah
0: but uh yeah i thought there was some amazing moments um you know i missed a lot of the first set with like ryan hurd matt stell um, and you know, I thought the moment with uh, Carly Pierce and Lee Bryce was pretty awesome when yeah. they got to sing their their new song together.
1: Real quick, the I, Ryan heard in that first set, I was I, I didn't realize he had written Sunrise, Sunburn, Sunset. Uh, yeah,
0: I didn't either by
1: Luke by Luke Bryan. And um man, like it was just cool. Like to me, that it, it changed the whole dynamic when he opened with that song because I don't think it was like the biggest Luke Bryan hit, obviously, but it's a really well known song. And from the get, we were singing along. Like the crowd had a song they could sing along and kind of like tie to an artist that they knew really Mm -hmm. well, you know? And so I thought that was really cool. Well, and put,
0: you know, because, you know, at the moment he's so new and, yeah, he's got fans, but people are still getting to know him. And so to know that he had that also piece of country music – uh, aside from his own... Well, you know, you he know, wrote
1: uh, Lady Anabellum, What If I Never Get Over You. Which
0: I thought he would sing, and he didn't. And I was, oh, disappointed. Yeah, I, I wondered
1: right. why... I, I think he probably just went with Luke Bryan instead because of, you know, you know typical star power, if you will. But I think if he had... Uh, I think if I had known that, maybe I would have suggested it to him, too, because I'm not saying that I got that kind of power, but there have been times where I've talked to them before the show, mm. and I talk about one of their songs, and then they perform it. And I always wonder if, like maybe they're not sure what they're going to perform, and then they hear me talk about a song, that, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, they, apparently they really like this song. Here, let's play that one.
0: Oh, yeah, a Tim Man Jam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that one's a little different. I mean, you don't have a set list. You literally get to sing three or four songs, and that's it.
1: And Matt Stell was really good. I I, I thought, you know, I was super super shocked with, um, you know, how brilliant he was in the idea of he's like an all-around talent like he's not just a good singer songwriter he's also you know really athletic and really bright like he was going to the harvard so hard it wasn't going to harvard but harvard has a pre-med school it's like an extension of harvard where they have these little you know you know subsidiary schools and he got accepted into their pre-med program i don't care how you want to cut it if it's a harvard pre-med program it's probably pretty good
0: yeah well you're obviously you're no dummy yeah exactly yeah but yeah no when you said that i thought what this isn't fair. He's like six foot seven. He's gifted at basketball. He plays guitar. He sings. He can carry a tune. Oh, and he's good looking. Oh, and then, hi, um, I'm a total smarty pants and I could go to Harvard if I wanted to.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Like, some so it's get like it that
0: moment you're like, oh, well, I might be a failure. But. <laughs>
1: Well, it, it's like, man, what, do I have the ability to tap into those kind of skills? I, like, you know
0: what? That's the thing. I was thinking, like, God, I wish I was multi-talented at many things, but I can't. I mean, we well,
1: can think and talk at the same time really well.
0: It, is that like rubbing, rubbing your head can, and patting your belly at the same time? I kind know. Of, not
1: everyone can do this.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe, but still, it's it's a little bit different. I can't play an instrument, so.
1: It, but Ashley McBride kind of stole the first set.
0: Oh yeah, that when she sang "One Night Standards," I was like, yes.
1: So good, yeah. and, and I got that one on video. And as soon as she, uh, as soon as she sings the first song, the the way the crowd reacts is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, man, everyone was in it; they knew it.
0: And the great moment, not only of her singing the, uh, "One Night Standards," but the the part where she said that's the fir- the first time she ever heard it played on the radio was on the bull. I was like, what? I don't know if you just made that up, but I'm going to believe it, and that's amazing.
1: She actually told me that before she went on stage. What? Radio will never go away. It's still the most important thing. When I heard it today, I looked over and Angela was driving, and she had chills. And she was like, Is this the first time you've heard it on terrestrials? Yeah. See, that reaction is everything.
0: What? So it really, like, and that song's been out for a hot second. I just got
1: goosebumps now.
0: Yeah. I Every mean... time I
1: hear her say that, I get goosebumps again because, like, it's such a real feeling, you know? And then also, I ain't gonna lie, it's kind of cool hearing her say radio'll never go away. It's one of the most important things. And, and hearing
0: her say that it was on the bull, oh yeah.
1: I have that on video, also, by the mm-hmm. way. So, uh, like, yeah. it, it, and it's just a special moment because we don't know. We we sometimes take for granted how much it means to them to hear that. You know, that's always their dream is to be on the radio.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, we hear ourselves on the radio.
1: But you still like it, right? You still like huh. it when you hear your name on the radio? Well, like when I hear my name, it? I'm like,
0: oh, okay. And every once in a while, <laughs> if I hear one of my commercials play, I'll, like, listen to it. And so, But there's other times where I hear my voice come on the radio, and I want to, like, get in a little hole and, like, not listen to myself because I – Well, one, I,
1: thi- one thing for sure, if you were driving down the road and you were listening to the radio and somebody said, you know, said your name, like, in the context of, you know, something good – it would make you feel good. Oh, for sure. Like, it never gets old. Like, we, we come, sometimes get desensitized to what that feeling is like. But you could – I've, I've tried it here in Houston with people, and you say their name, and it, it, is their, it is, makes their day. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, I know – I've heard – I can't remember what the artist was, but it was some artist, and they were in an interview, and they talked about – they heard their song on the radio, and they were getting ready – you know, waiting for the DJ to come on afterwards and say something, and they ended up just talking about something else and how disappointed they were. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel like it was me. No, I mean it was like it, it was you know just in life. You oh, know what I mean? Got you, yeah. I got you. Like they weren't even here, but it was it was just kind of funny. It's like, oh, I wonder how many of them think that way. But
1: well, I, I think everyone enjoys it because the radio is kind of a mystic sort of thing. Like, and, and you know, I actually I talked to Ryan Heard about that. I don't know if I have that piece. I might have it, but where. Um, it, it's theater of the mind. That's the beautiful part about music is music makes us think these things, and we never actually see anything. Like, you're not seeing anything. You're only hearing it and then processing it in your brain, and then you see this picture in your head. And it's the same thing that happens with the radio with us when we talk to them. They mm-hmm. they hear, you know, the audience hears the DJ say something, and then they picture it in their head. So it's theater of the mind, whether it's music or radio. So Yeah. It, huh.
0: That was an interesting little yeah,
1: thought. Yeah. yeah. So more about Ashley McBride. She, uh is the youngest of six.
0: That is a lot of kids in that family.
1: I'm telling you, and I didn't realize, because I was looking up, trying to find out about her family and find out about her, because there's no no background information anywhere. You watch interviews, and nobody really says anything. So she was the youngest of six. She was the second of two girls, and lasagna on Christmas was pretty much the go-to because it fed a lot of people. didn't cost a whole lot, and it was really good. She said they pretty much fought over the remote control on Christmas. Like, that was kind of, you know, just... Sounds like a, just kind of a loud, rambunctious group of six, you know?
0: Yeah, and I kind of like the lasagna for Christmas.
1: Well, we do raviolis and meatballs in my house. So. Oh, do you? I I I felt like the more I talked to Ashley McBride, the more I felt like I knew her. We're also really close to age. I think she's like um, she's like thirty days old, uh, younger than me. Okay, and. Just something about her, and I think she might be Italian. I'm gonna go ahead and go on. if she's eating lasagna for Christmas. Like, well, that... I
0: don't, I don't know. I mean, McBride. That sounds like, uh, you know, sounds Irish to me.
1: Oh, maybe, and and Irish and Italians kind of mixed a lot, you know. Yeah, I uh, mean, when they were coming over on the not the and Mayflower. And they like to
0: have lots of kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, they did. My mom was like one of six, I believe.
0: Oh, Was she really? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know what's funny? I had uh, one of my Facebook friends posted a picture. They met Ashley McBride and they were super excited about it and they said i felt like i've like you said i felt like i've known her my entire life or something and i just thought oh that's really cool
1: and and another person who was super down to earth he always is but he's super soft spoken and quiet is kane brown
0: oh for sure i think he just
1: gets nervous i think he's just nervous about saying the wrong thing or you know he's just there's a lot of a little bit of guardedness maybe but it's not it's just naturally who he is he's just kind of not a talkative dude
0: I feel like I heard that about him that he is like kind of maybe shy I feel like maybe I don't know who it was but they said they saw him at some event when he first came out as an artist and when he came out to sing for this like showcase he barely he acknowledged the crowd. I
1: think that was Bruce, our yeah, boss. But, he was yeah. saying that when he the first time he saw him, there was like no stage presence, no idea what he was doing.
0: Yeah, like he had his back to the crowd or something. So it was like, I mean, he's definitely. If that's what happened, he's definitely come a long way. You know, in the fact of now he's got all these fans. He can still like he's but no one says you got to jump around on stage yeah Yeah, and his
1: his style is just acoustic like to me he he, like he sounds best acoustic
0: oh my god that's one thing i did notice uh, during his set i was like man he just he just sounds like how he does on the radio like there's an you don't have to sit there and process the crap out of him i mean he's just real
1: yeah i thought the same thing i could see him going to the studio they play the track and he's singing to it it's just like nothing for him he just sits there and sings because he's you know it's just it's effortless you know yeah, it really works totally. out good and uh, he did talk about changing his diaper for the first time
0: oh so yeah he's got the new daughter What I mean, what this play it man honestly uh, I just changed my first diaper because Kate went to uh, she wasn't at home and she had a messy diaper and she was crying so I don't like to get down there just because it's my daughter you know and I felt like if I was a female and my dad was changing me and I could say yes or no I'd probably say no what do you think I mean well, okay, so here's my first thought. A Okay, whatever. But seriously, if they have a baby again and it's a boy, he better be changing every diaper.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that I understand what he's saying. It's also kind of uh it, like he just sounds like a young dad to me.
0: Yeah. I can see that for sure.
1: And I I but I also see what he's saying. Like I'm pretty sure that if a daughter was like I don't. If she has think... to pick her mom or dad. She's okay, probably gonna like... be more comfortable with dad, right? Or dude, a baby doesn't know comfort.
0: Well, I mean, like that. I, I guess maybe they might be more comfortable with mom, but that would be the same for a little boy because you know the little boy and the little girl come out of mom. They don't come out of dad. But um, I guess I. My only thought is um, when you're a baby. You don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, do I want to have my dad see my privacy now? No. (laughs) You know, like do I want to have him see it past the age of maybe like six? Probably not. But if I have to take a bath and he's got to give me a bath, okay, fine. But yeah, done. But yeah, yeah. when I'm two weeks old, a month old, I don't know the difference. And it's all the same. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I, and I bet though, that on baby number two, even if it's a girl, his tone changes because he's he's so fresh to it he's gonna see and experience so much stuff that he doesn't want to. keep in mind he's also so young yeah
0: i mean they're what in their early 20s so um they're both learning how to be parents and obviously there's 26
1: it's about that time but yeah and
0: it's about that time i'm just saying
1: it's not not crazy it's It's about
0: that time you better watch your (laughs) mouth don't even get me started. I'm I'm, it's about that, that time. I'm you're 26. It's about time you have kids. <laughs> Son of a bitch. God, oh, what man. the hell's wrong with you? I didn't mean you? it like
1: that. I'm just saying, God. at 26 and you're married, like yeah. that—that's when they start a family. I was saying the time is right. Everybody for him. has their own time Thomas on when Rett they want to have 20, Thomas Red's 29 and he's has two already
0: three and third on the way and yeah i mean they started early in my opinion that's the thing to do
1: in country music you get married before age 25 and (laughs) you you have kids start
0: popping out kids apparently
1: lee bryce has several kids
0: yeah uh but i mean lee bryce is also like 40 i don't i can't remember how old his wife is google
1: knows how old lee bryce is he's 40 on the dot
0: yep boom 1979 um yeah yeah, and and let's you know, switch gears. Talk about Lee for a second. He was like the ringleader. Of oh yeah, men.
1: he really brought it together because he was the one who'd been there before, and right? it, it was really cool seeing him, Eli Youngman, and Kane Brown, because Eli Youngman has they they've been together nineteen years, which I mean hard that's to longer
0: than most relationships.
1: All of mine, right? <laughs> mine put together with yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and then you go to, um, and then and then you have Kane Brown, who's new, but but. But the biggest star on the stage, Mm -hmm. and then Lee though with his and then you had
0: Carly, you know, and Lee's got a song with Carly.
1: Yeah, and so he really did marry the whole thing together. Lee Bryce did, and um, I I, the song. So Lee Bryce sang the song called "Save the Roses."
0: Oh God. that was so good.
1: Aaron, how do you explain what the song is about? Because it's clearly uh, about someone passing away. It's but...
0: about, you know, uh, somebody passing away, the funeral, and, you know, here you are with all these roses and you're crying. And I, I think, isn't it basically about like, go out and do stuff and, yeah, you know, yeah, spend time
1: with me and love me now and, and, and save your roses. Like, don't, I don't need your flowers when I'm dead. I want your love and goodness now while I'm y- alive. Is yeah, that what you took it was from just it?
0: A, well, yeah, it's just a powerful song.
1: He said he'd never performed it. He literally had the music stand with the notes and the words written on it so he would not mess it up.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, Lee Bryce I just thought was really awesome for, you know – a multitude of reasons. Um,
1: you know, he said Rumor was his biggest hit ever.
0: Which, that was kind of a surprise to me. Like
1: well, here, uh, let me play it real quick, and then we'll react to it. To date, it's our biggest hit we've ever had. From how fast it went up the charts, and all the streams, and all the buying, and all the people, and just, I think it just related to just about everybody. So, yeah, biggest hit of his life.
0: And that's just so crazy, because, I mean, I... My favorite, and the song I thought was the biggest, would have been Hard to Love. And that song, I think, resonates with me for, uh, you know, a couple reasons. With- he's
1: sang it, and everyone's sang the whole thing oh, with him, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's just... And that's the thing you don't know, you may not know, is that he also writes so many songs, like Crazy Girl for Eli Young Band. Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't realize it until that moment. I probably knew it, but it hadn't sunk you, in. Oh,
0: yeah. Maybe that you they, forgot. That they,
1: yeah, and I like I told Eli Young Band, man, I... I Thank you for that song because so many nights I've spent uh, slow dancing with girls falling in love on a dance floor in Texas too. <laughs> oh my <through> it.
0: God. <laughs> Thank you for letting me find ladies and love.
1: No, it's just that mo it's just that passion of a dance and you're sharing it and you're kinda of drunk a little bit and you're kinda of liking each other and you're spinning her around a crazy girl, you know, mm, it's like Yeah come on let me it's it's
0: real it's (laughs) real you know what this is why i can give you pardon my french i can give you shit about this stuff you know like yeah that's what it is but that's
1: all i could think during this song but yeah but so it was and then they so lee bryce didn't remember where his part was i guess or he forgot the second verse or something because they kind of skipped in the middle of the song Mm. and uh picked it back up but it was really cool hearing them sing crazy girl with lee bryce so that was obviously a really cool moment for them yeah
0: there was just a lot of i'm trying to think of another great moment that i really walked away from i'm looking at because we still have all the artists from 10 man jam on
1: i have a moment okay scott mccreary
0: oh i was getting ready for this when he
1: says uh i bet you i'm the only one on stage that has a grandmother whose name is guadalupe francesca whatever the name is it's like four names on because he's a quarter puerto rican <laughs>
0: And which is like you would again never know that, never think that. It's just so crazy.
1: The other big moment right around that same time was uh, the Carly Pierce and Lee Bryce singing "I Hope You're Happy Now" because they had only sang that one other time live, and that was at the at,
0: Grand Old Opera. Yeah, and mm-hmm.
1: so we got the second the second time. I thought that was super cool. Lee told me that he hadn't practiced. He had to go back to the hotel room to figure out how to you know if he could remember all the. Um, the parts and stuff here. I actually have some of it right here. Let's hear. It. You want to listen to it real quick? Mm-hmm. I shot this video so.
0: It kind of gave me chills because, well, here's a little story. Uh, my boyfriend broke up with me the day before Ten Man Jam, and so uh, yeah. So when I was listening to that song, I was like, hmm. Well, this is gonna be. this stings a little. Just yeah, but a little at the bit. same
1: time, there's a double entendre there. Yeah. Um, that I love about it because I get it. You know, it was wrote, It was written from a, a place of kind of pain and hurt, and it's a breakup song for a lack of better terms. But the uh, I love the double entendre of I hope you're happy now because I literally. Hope you're happy now like oh i i like yeah. i hope that you find you take happiness it negatively
0: or positively for
1: sure yeah. you know and i, and I think that a lot of life is like that so uh that's why i really like the song i think that they uh sounded really really good too i
0: mean i didn't realize and when you're standing there on stage you can hear it and you're like oh they sound good and when it's recorded then you're like you kind of almost get the real realness um and how it sounds and man you can still tell that they still sound amazing
1: yeah the huge voices yeah and i've i've consistently said carly pierce has one of my favorite voices i I really do think she's great actually i read her a a letter that i wrote did i tell you about this no i didn't tell you no now now i'm looking at
0: you like you're high what yeah so um
1: (laughs) i wrote her this letter and i read it to her because when i was preparing for the interviews on sunday night i had uh I, I I'm at this place in my life where I feel compelled to share things whenever I think them. If I deeply feel something about somebody or something, I want to say it instead of holding it in. And I, I was feeling compelled about Carly Pierce, so I wrote this letter to her, and mm-hmm. and then I read it to her. And I thought I was going to make her cry, but I don't think she cried. I wasn't looking at her. I almost started crying while I was reading, honestly. Oh, dear God. Yeah, but I know I'm just an emotional person like that. When I get in those like deeply emotional places... So like... what,
0: did, what did the letter say, are you just going to like... I
1: mean, you want to read it to you? Here, let me see if it's okay, on my yeah. phone still, because I wrote oh, it on my oh, phone. I'll pretend
0: I'm Carly Pierce. All
1: right. I mean, I'm sure there's uh, somewhere out there is a uh, a, uh, a recording of it, I'm sure. Uh, let me go to my Gmail real quick, because it's, I have it saved. So basically, when she first came here back in... It was like three years ago, I think, mm-hmm. and... Um, and I was listening to her, and I was still kind of finding my way, too, in country music, for lack of better terms. Like, I, I, I'm i still – I was kind of figuring out my brand, I guess you could say. So there was this, like – and I was listening to her sing, and I knew that she was, you know, relatively new, and I know how difficult it is in this industry, you know. And here it is. I found the letter. So, well, I thought I found the letter. Oh, yes. It's, oh, here it goes. Carly, when I first met you, it was – your radio tour, and you played for a few of our staff and maybe some listeners. But one of the things that I remember was how committed to your dream you were. It seemed like you'd had some really tough hurdles and had fought to get where you were, and you were going to take full advantage of the opportunity. You scored number one with every little thing, and I was thrilled for you, mainly because I was kind of worried. I know how tough it is in this industry, and a lot of artists, male and female, come through, and they don't all get that number one or the recognition their voice and story deserves. I'm also glad you found someone to help inspire and build with, because something else I took from the first meeting was that you truly wanted to be in love, and I'm happy you found it. Merry Christmas, Nick Russo.
0: Aw, that's very nice.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and... and that was the totality of how I felt about her. And I don't know why I felt a personal connection to her. I can't explain why, but I felt compelled to share it, so I did.
0: Did you, wait, did you interview her at Kima?
1: I did. No, I didn't. Um, there weren't any interviews at Kima. I interviewed her. I did the woe with her at Kima, the the dance. Oh, uh, okay. And then... Um, I uh, interviewed her before her show with Luke Bryan when she was opening for him in the Woodlands. I believe it was Luke oh, Bryan. Oh, that's
0: right. Yes, I do
1: remember John Party that. Yes. was on that ticket too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I interviewed her before that show, and that was right after the engagement, Yeah. I believe. And so now she's married, you know, and she's getting family back home and stuff, and, and, and I'm just happy for her because, like, she really did make a life for herself. Like, she really did chase that dream, and she put it on the line, and, and there's a lot to be said for that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And a lot has changed in a year.
1: Oh yeah, tons. I mean, especially for her. Like, and I think I hope you're happy now. I think you could get to number one. It's a really good song. Uh,
0: I I agree. I and think anything
1: that Luke Combs helps write, it's probably going to do really well.
0: Um, I mean, it's not it's not any small potatoes.
1: So start
0: looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Um, There was the other story that's kind of been circulating that's not really country music oh, God. is uh, the Peloton commercial.
0: Oh, yes. The Peloton commercial. Is it sexist or not?
1: So I watched it. I watched it for the first time, I think, with you in the room. I'm actually I'm baffled. I, I don't get it. And it's to me, it's just the cancel culture BS that it's like this, oh, if enough people are mad about it, it's going to make news. And then if it makes news, there might be a an action taken that you know, is because we were so mad. But at the end of the oh. day, it's just people mad on the internet. It, so God, it's so just, she's riding a bike, and I don't yeah, get why so it's sexist. Yeah, so on
0: Christmas, the husband gets her a Peloton, and then it follows her through this journey of a year of doing Peloton and her fitness, you know, and you know, her fitness lifestyle, getting better or whatever. And then the guy's
1: like yelling, you got this. You've done it for a week. Congratulations. Yeah, and,
0: and the, I guess people thought it was sexist, maybe because it was a guy getting a woman exercise equipment trying to insinuate like you're fat and that's and and you look at the woman and she's like 117 pounds so is she
1: so are they alluding to the fact he surprised her with this or did he just buy it for her because to me there's the difference because most women who have a husband who buys them a peloton for christmas the woman wants it for her lifestyle because she doesn't want to go to spin class or that's how i perceive it she doesn't want to go to the gym she just wants to ride the bike at home maybe the kids are at home or maybe there's something at home and she just wants to work out at home And
0: if you can afford a Peloton, that's the other part. That's what I'm
1: saying. Like it's not like the people that are working out at you know the the YMCA for forty bucks a month or fifty bucks a month or LA Fitness or whatever they're they're probably not going to spend the money on a Peloton. No. But if if, you know if you can afford a twenty five hundred dollar piece of workout equipment in your home, then that's the kind of gift you get somebody.
0: I agree. I, I mean, I understand. I mean, it's it's that's the thing. People are looking way too into it. And it's a
1: commercial. At the end of the day, it's a commercial.
0: It's a commercial. I mean, I was, I'll be honest, the commercial just annoyed me just because I was like, and it's funny because she was on the Today Show talking to Hoda Kotb about why they thought or why she thought this became such an issue. And, well, I have a comment after she gets done talking
1: talking about yeah. did you understand like what why people got spun up about it I
0: mean honestly I think
1: it was just my face like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> it was my fault my what eyebrows looked, like, worried, I guess. I don't people know. There's a picture like, behind scared. me, y'all. That's the one that she says is at the heart of this whole thing.
0: I'm telling you. <laughs> it was my face. That was the problem. And it just just went, you know, exploded from there. Um, she looks worried. And I'm like, oh, no, my eyebrows. They
1: move. They moved. <laughs> they moved. <laughs> so I guess that, I guess a lot of people have Botox and stuff and their eyebrows. stay straight. They're not used to seeing it anymore. It's too much. Oh it's too much. Um, so when this all started happening, I realized, like, T. MZ was following you. This one was following you. I was thinking a lot of actresses would have said, aha. This is my moment and been on every single television show. We kind of begged you to come and you said no about five times and then you decided to come. Why are you so reluctant? Like some people would have seized on this moment.
0: Well, I kept feeling like there was like two camps where, you know, one, some people thought that it was a really big deal. Yeah. And other people thought it was no big deal. So yeah. I'm like, maybe I should just wait for it to blow over and yeah. then it won't just seem like I'm trying to. To keep myself in the press and in the news, you know. So when it didn't blow over and people kind of started answering for me and I saw some articles where they grabbed some stuff from like very old interviews, I was like, Okay, I'll, I'm I'll just say, No, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not in like a rehab from
1: program- Yeah, I, I mean, I think she's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'll be honest. We can by the way, when we chop it, we can just chop it instead when she talks about like the Botox and yeah. we could just end it there. Um, so when, for me, that commercial honestly did bother me because of her face. Wow. <laughs> and that's, and not because she's not a gorgeous, because she's gorgeous. So that, it, it, I don't know. It, it just, was her
1: reaction, though, it, to, to the, the verbiage in, in, in the acting. that made Yeah, you- the
0: acting, to me, I just thought seemed a little phony and it's like oh my god so here we are we're doing day three like i don't know something about the way it was acted i see what out. you're
1: saying because yeah. it was almost like she was putting on so strong for the camera to pretend to be doing it for the camera that it like counter counteracted the, yeah, the point it's because like, she was supposed to look happy and normal, but instead she was trying to act like she was a real woman. And a real woman probably is a little insecure in that moment.
0: Yeah, it, it just, yeah, just, I, I don't know if the word is contrived. I just felt like, yeah, it just seemed a little, a I, little much.
1: I do love how it hurt. It was my face. It was my face. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, you're, and it's like, well, you might be right. And she's not <laughs> wrong
1: about the eyebrows moving and the face moving and stuff. Yeah, because so.
0: in that shot that they, when they're talking about her eyebrows, they pan to that one still of it, and it, she does look like she's terrified, <laughs> you know? Well, it if I funny. had an
1: a, a electrical bike screaming at me, I'd probably be a little terrified, too. Right. Like, well,
0: if I was paying that much, I'd be terrified. But then again, I, you know. A
1: $2,500 stationary bike.
0: Plus, what is it, 60 bucks a month or something oh, like that? Oh, there's a
1: membership included? Yeah,
0: because you, you get live feeds of your bike routine. Wow. So, you know, like, remember in the commercial, she's like, oh, my God, he said my name. You know? Oh, that's right, because it's yeah. a live
1: instructor that you kind of take part in this event. hmm Wow. That's pretty. That's pretty telling, though. Yeah, I mean, the personal trainer is now in your living room through the computer. Uh, I mean, it's also, it all,
0: always, also freaking scary. It
1: always has been, though, too. If you think about it, like Tybo, if, if that dude could have said your name in a personalized video, they would have paid an extra twenty dollars oh, for yeah. it. yeah, come on, Nick, keep kicking those legs, <laughs> keep throwing those punches. <laughs> right. Now left, now right, now left, now right, now kick.
0: Oh, I did
1: Tybo for a little while. I, I did was the like,
0: Brazilian butt lift workout routine for a while.
1: I think I was like fifteen when that came out, and I was like, Mom, we got to do this. Look. Yeah. I convinced my mom on a lot of infomercials as a kid.
0: <laughs> I, was just, I You know what? I'm a sucker for marketing, so if it's, you know, on TV, Facebook ads now, get, I'm all about it. Well, you, like, know, you know
1: how it works, on, or at least in the old days on the infomercials, they would just run that 15-minute video over and over and over, so you'd watch it four times in an hour, And then by the fourth time, you're ready to see that one little feature that you really like, and you're sold. Like, I could go tell my mom – I remember Adam's tight lie was the golf club, right? Adam's very first golf club they ever put out. And their quote was, you could hit it from anywhere. The guy's hitting it off the cart path, and he's hitting it off the road, and he's hitting it off the, you know, out of the thick grass, out of the tall grass, the short grass, like everywhere. And I was like, Mom, this club, I could hit it from anywhere. I need this club, you know. And my mom ended up buying it, and then it convinced me that I was I could hit it, and I hit that club amazing forever. It was my best club.
0: So, so uh, the it was actually a, something that you bought on an infomercial that worked? Yeah. The way they said so?
1: Totally, That's until I broke it on, like, I don't know if it was on accident or purpose. Probably mixed oh, the too Oh, did you have
0: a temper tantrum? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah.
1: I I stopped doing that a long time ago. But as a kid, it was easy to get really ticked off about golf. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, like infomercials always burnt, and then always got me. And then living in the 90s, CDs. Do you remember those? No. You don't remember those? It was like it was like a f- double. It was a four-disc set that you could buy. Living in the 90s, it was like 1990 through 1994, the 94 to 96, 96 to 98, 98 to 2000 or 99 or whatever, mm-hmm. and like. I, I didn't remember a lot of the early 90s music because I, I was only, like, 10 at that time, so, like...
0: Shut so, your mouth. So,
1: like, the, like the song by uh, Divinals, I Touch Myself.
0: Oh. I remember <laughs> oh the, my
1: I, God. I, I was, like, 14, and, and I heard that, and I was like, oh, am I allowed to listen to this? Like, oh, what is this she is sing- naughty. This is bad. What is she singing about? It, oh, my gosh. I remember mm-hmm. I was, like, blown away by it. Uh,
0: yeah, I remember that song coming on the radio, and... I mean, that was really provocative. How do
1: you say your name? Devinals? Devinals? It's the Devinals. Divinals, yeah. I I uh, I remember that song just like being super bad. I was like, wow, I, don't hmm. know. I didn't know what I was supposed to. Do. I didn't I'm, know that was on there. You
0: know what song it was for me that I thought was super bad when I was a little kid? It was Salt and Pepper Push It. Oh. Yeah. All right. Push it real good. I was like, this oh. is naughty. <laughs> you know? Wait, am I allowed to listen to this? This is nasty. They're talking nasty.
1: Yeah. Uh. So how did we get all the way on to infomercials and? Uh, nasty nineties music. Nasty nineties <laughs> music.
0: Uh what was the last oh, thing? There oh was the another... Peloton, yeah, buying it on TV. Well,
1: what was the other uh two live crew? I, well
0: I'm they sorry. Had,
1: they had some. Well really of course dirty they had some songs. really nasty
0: music, but it didn't play on the radio in my hometown.
1: Well no, but it was uh it was in the nineties, wasn't it? Or was that eighties?
0: Eighties, nineties, yeah, around there. But yeah, that never made it to see the Light of day on any radio station in Portland, Oregon. The, uh, <laughs> Just, the, I'll tell you that
1: the CD that my parent or my friends would hide that we listened to was the Eminem CD, the first one.
0: Oh yeah, I remember
1: like my parents or my friend had it, and his parents didn't know it. And they weren't allowed. And this is right when burning CDs was out, so he would burn us all copies of the stuff. His friend, his older cousin or whatever, would buy it for him, and then he'd we could listen to it. We weren't supposed to be listening to it, but. Mm. like he was talking about killing Tim and stuff. Sorry, my email
0: keeps going off. Is
1: that what that is? So if you hear a ringing in the background, Aaron's late for an appointment.
0: No, it's just, uh, well, I will be uh, very soon. Um, yeah, no, there's, I just have this, my emails keep pops up. So sorry. Sorry, everybody.
1: Well, we we made it pretty good. I think it was like 40, about 47, 48 minutes. So we're, okay. we're doing pretty well these days. It's not hard to keep talking. And I hope you enjoyed the uh, 10-man jam recap, if you will, and all of our other babblings yes
0: about already told you about
1: the joe rogan thing what made me feel good about what i heard in his podcast no he's he's like talking to somebody i think it was tulsi gabbard one of the politicians and they they started talking about something else she's like oh i'm sorry we're getting off topic he's like no don't be sorry that's what we do here we talk and we go where it goes And I really loved that. I really oh, loved that. Because
0: yeah, because we, we. I think I texted you immediately
1: when you said it. Yeah, actually.
0: we've been a little self-conscious. I mean, maybe more so me than you about, you know, oh, we're kind of all over the place. But I mean, it's just the flow of conversation. But we're still all over the place.
1: Yeah, and I think people, the, the feedback I've got, people enjoy it, and I know that. I, I, hi, mom. <laughs> mom's,
0: mom's listening.
1: For sure, for sure. So, anyways, all right, Aaron. Uh, thanks, I guess. Am I supposed to say thank you? Is like uh, an officer Thank gives you. A you. Ticket.
0: Thank, thank you very
1: much. Till the I, next one. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.